Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week, the week of April 10th, 2023. We got a lot happening. This is a big week for us. I want to run through a couple things before the podcast starts. First off, check out the Size Up. The Size Up by National Fire Radio is a lifestyle podcast about health and wellness and lifestyle. It is anchored by Pip, our buddy, our little guy with the mohawk. He's out there. He's pushing hard, and his episode drops every Tuesday. Check him out. Give him some support. Look him up on social media. That's the size up by National Fire Radio. FDIC is approaching. We're teaming up with the 2448 podcast. Sam Massa from High Viz LED Lighting, his podcast where he talks to firefighter or first responder-owned businesses, entrepreneurial people that are in our lane. Check out the 2448 podcast. We're going to be sharing a booth with them at FDIC this year. Booth number 13073-13073 at FDIC. We'll be right in the main hallway, right by registration and firefighter row. There is a line of firefighter-owned businesses that are lining down the hallway this year. You want to be there. Support our own. Check it out. FDIC 2023 National Fire Radio in the 2448 podcast. We'll be sharing a booth together, 13073. Come see us. We'll put out times and guests of when we're going to be live broadcasting from the booth. This Friday, April 14th, the new National Fire Radio website goes live. It's been a long time coming. We have a tremendous amount of content that's been being put up on the website. We're going to go from a t-shirt and swag selling website to an anchor-based media platform. This is phase one of the process, and we have a lot more coming uh, as phase one drops. Coming that Monday morning, Monday uh, morning the 17th, you're going to see a whole new side of National Fire Radio and content delivery and how we're going to be pushing this job forward. We're getting into some different things that we haven't done before. We're partnering up with incredible people in the industry to start bringing you different types of content that we haven't done before so we are excited for that so the website is up nationalfireradio.com on friday april 14th and then on april 17th something very new drops and we'll be all over it this weekend advertising and letting you know what that is and lastly i just want to say this without partners without the collaborations that we have in place we wouldn't be able to do this and so as i sign off every podcast where i say talk about the job because it makes the job better i truly believe that now more than ever i believe it so talk about the job, take what we do here at National Fire Radio and spread it. Go talk about the job and tell everybody how good it is. And do me a favor, before we hop into the podcast, we can't do this without the sponsors that help us bring this information forward. And so do me a favor, give a listen and check out our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the podcast, Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew from Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing metal helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 metal fronts, in the market they are a leader in the metal helmet front space their creativity as well as customer service sets them apart from the competition they are manufacturing one-offs within 24 to 48 hours to ship to your door not only that but head over to taylorstins.com and you'll see all the other products that they offer Right now on their homepage, they have a whole page dedicated to vintage metal prints. It's so cool to see the original prints of the fire apparatus, fire hydrants, fire helmets, fire boots, flashlights. It's so cool. They are printed metal tins that hang on the wall. 
that are aged and look to be from the original days of when these prints were drawn, looking for copyright and trademarks. It's really cool. Taylor and his crew are super creative. They're always pushing the envelope as to what products they offer to the fire service. Check them out at www.taylorstins.com. That's again, taylorstins.com to get a hold of Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. This episode's brought to you by the 2448 Podcast. If you're a first responder with an entrepreneurial streak, check out the 2448 Podcast. Hosted by Sam Massa, who built lighting company Hi-Viz LEDs. During his off time, he serves as a volunteer firefighter and professional EMT. Each week, we tell the stories of different first responder-owned businesses, from small startups to food trucks to companies like National Fire Radio and Fire Department Coffee. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Go to the2448.com for more information. That's www.the2448.com for more information about this killer podcast. And if you're coming to FDIC this year, join us in booth 13073, right by the entrance in the main hallway where National Fire Radio, yes, us, in conjunction with the 2448 podcast, will be teamed up for live shows throughout the duration of FDIC. It's going to be a killer week out in Indy. Join us at booth 13073 right in the main hallway where you come right into the convention center. We're going to be right there live broadcasting throughout the week. Come see us. Guys, thanks for checking it out. Check out the 2448 podcast. And now without further ado, the daily episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the National Fire Radio podcast. Today is going to be a lot of fun. This was a woman who I met in Virginia Beach, and she had no idea who we were. She didn't know what National Fire Radio was. She didn't know who I was. And we were introduced through one of her cadets. So let me back up, do a little intro before we hop into all those details. But this is going to be a lot of fun today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Chris Ussery of the Virginia Beach, Virginia Fire Department. 17 years in the fire service, eight, the last eight years with the Virginia Beach Fire Department. Master firefighter and paramedic, paramedic, currently assigned to the training division. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is cool. I'm excited because we met through one of your cadets at the Virginia Beach conference that I was just at a month or two back, and I was walking the show, and I was doing what we do. We do a lot of apparatus things. We take a lot of photos. We shoot videos. We're doing content creation for our social media pages. And this young guy came over and introduced himself, super squared away, nice kid. And he had his uniform on. And I said, well, who are you and what's this about? And so he said, oh, I'm a cadet with Virginia Beach. We have a cadet program here, this and that. He's like, I'd love, he's like myself and a lot of the guys and girls in the, in the group know who you are and we, you know, this and that. And he said, uh, he said, I'd love to introduce you to our um, mentor. Or I, I don't know, what, what title do you carry? Because you run the cadet program, correct? Yeah, but I don't I don't have them be as formal, so maybe instructor. Okay. Maybe they said that. Yeah. So so I would love for you to come meet our instructor. So I said, great. So I come over, and I, I, he introduces. You're looking at me like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I, I shake your hand, and I said, hey, you know, uh, Chris, very nice to meet you. Uh, this young guy said a lot about a lot of great things about you and, and the instructor staff and the uh, cadet program for Virginia Beach. He told me all about it. 
and he wanted me to intru- he wanted to introduce you to me and i just thought that was really cool um this kid was super excitable he he was absolutely in love with the process in love with the fire service and i think that's because the program that you guys run there in virginia beach this cadet program has laid it a really strong foundation for these kids and so Give me a little bit of background about that. How did you get mixed up with the Virginia Beach Fire Department Cadet Program? Yeah, so before we get there, I just got to tell you that when he was just literally bouncing up and down in excitement <laughs> when he was when, while you were talking, I was like, what is he getting me into? <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, and this is, this is so important to me, though, right, is that if you can get kids excited, about the fire service. And if there's a guy like me that has a, a, a content creation and podcast platform called national fire radio, and he's excited to meet me and learn more about the, you know, our platform and, and knows about us, that means, you know, we're, we're making him excitable about the job. And I yeah. think that's what we need to focus on here. And I think that's what you guys are very much doing. So, and you know what, it's really guided me. So getting here, I came to training and, uh, I got turnover from an, another master firefighter, and she talked a lot about this one program that she started. It was called Camp 911. It was not this. And she kind of touched on what used to be the Explorer program. And I, I got, she gave me like a schedule, and I thought, oh, maybe this is just a summer thing. And, and then I kind of was looking, I didn't get a lot of pass down on it, no, nothing against her, but I yeah. think she was just really excited about the camp. And then I'm like, oh, this is like forever. So what we do is we meet two times a month, every month, but from the, it, it just runs. So I was like, oh, let me, let me get this, let me get this together. It started out where she had, basically they had a classroom session from the IFSTA manual. Right. I tried that at first, but uh, it wasn't pertinent it wasn't practical for them no. so then i was like you know what you're a little i i dear i dearingly call them my fire nerds i'm like you're a little fire nerds what can <laughs> i do to make this fun i'm like we have so many the, our training center i have so many resources here we have a natural gas prop it's an easy reset for fire so i'm like let's see live fire exterior fire right they were like we've never done anything with live fire before i'm like you're fire cadets yeah what is happening let's do this. this so yeah so what like what would i want if i would if i were you i didn't have the passion for fire as a young person like they do so they kind of showed me what they want and i make it happen you know within reason sure and make it to nurture that desire and then okay how can i make this better how can i make them better and make them want to be better some of them just naturally like eat breathe sleep everything about the fire service and others now that are coming in don't have family members in the fire department which you expect a lot um from the like kind of when this program started you had a firefighter and then their child was interested and they're like oh let me get you in here and then they would kind of take over meetings and do training but now i have kids that nobody like nobody in their families in the fire service and like how'd you hear about this and oh i was talking to so and so because i don't recruit and if that comes from this that's fine but i have like really it is just kind of me i rely heavily on crews from the field and i actually picked up a civilian adult that's <laughs> which great is another little funny story yeah but um I joke like span of control is out of control. I need more adults because I have so many kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting, right? So let's let's break that down a little bit. So 
How many kids? Are, so this is a program for fourteen to eighteen year olds that live within Virginia Beach, correct? No, they oh, don't even not. have to live here. No, well, they don't. It's okay. Crazy. Because I have a couple from Chesapeake, because Chesapeake doesn't have a um, cadet program. And Norfix, I think, is dwindling. I don't want to speak at a term. Okay. but yeah. um, So I know that there's some in our, our neighboring parts of North Carolina. Got it. And um, York, James City County and York County, which are kind of far away, are the closest ones. And the only reason I know that is we do a shift day every year. And the battalion chief of training before this one, he was really invested and still is uh, in the cadet program because he's from California and they have a very, like, they're real big on yeah. cadet programs. And he wanted to see this succeed here. So he's still pretty invested, but he um, would say, hey, let's reach out to the other cadet programs in the region and bring them in our shift day, which is, you know, we simulate a bunch of different kinds of calls sure. all day. They, they repel, they do just a bunch of super cool things. But the last year I reached out and there weren't a lot of people that were, were, um, their programs had, were doing anything. Yeah. So. Okay. So this 14 to 18 year old kids, these are excitable kids. They want to be there. You guys are providing incredible opportunity and experiences for them. You got away from classroom, you know, classroom, if the manual readings, to hands-on and let them get excited about what you guys do. You don't recruit, and yet I hear the numbers are through the roof. Yeah. How? Uh, I guess word of mouth. I love it. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, you got to be, you got to recognize that something's being done correctly if word of mouth is in a positive way bringing more people in, right? In a time where kids are becoming disinterested in in uh, social services or being a part of their community, right? There's a disconnect now more than ever, I think. And yet you're finding complete success with this program and bringing in more and more people because the, the word of mouth is allowing for people to understand what you're doing there. You know what you, you say that, and it actually makes me think a little bit too, is I get a lot of kids that reach out, they'll go to their fire station yeah. and they'll say, Hey, what can I do? And from pulling from so many people in the field and them seeing how we operate on nights. Cause I feel like that's, a, I'm trying to find ways to get field personnel buy-in. Sure. Right. Cause I rely on them so much Yeah, and they're the ones that are referring people to me. They're I like, love oh, yeah, that. Chris has got it, you know? And, and then, um, it is, I, I have made a bunch of changes this year. Uh, I, uh, capped off or cut off our applications and then opened them back up in January. Mm. So I had a little list and I'm doing interviews. I'm doing an interview panel. I love that. Making them sweat a little bit. That's ah, great. Um, I stopped. So because anyone can come in at any point, right? I'm trying, I'm changing it next year. to we're going to run to the school year and then they graduate when they graduate, they graduate out and we do something a little bit more formal up until then we were doing like a end of the year banquet. Yeah. Where I'd, give them little awards or whatever. Sure. But um, interview them in and put a little heat on them because then that. that gives me a baseline for future interview practice, right? So I can show you how, how you can get better. Because ideally, I want you to be an amazing recruit applicant and then an amazing recruit. Being here at the training center, I see the recruits that are coming through. And I'm like, man, like if only they had someone to tell them what to do. Yeah. And, and PT, we PT 
like um I said, this is this is the dummy you're gonna have to drag every couple of weeks when you do your work performance evaluation. So you should know how to do it. You should be able to do it now. But you have four years. If you come in at 14, I'll get you there. Oh, 100%. Not only that, but now you have candidates that are applying for the fire department after going through the cadet program, right? You're you're basically getting buy-in four years, a minimum of four years earlier than what most departments get. And not only that, but you have the ability to to mold and shape these kids to understand that, you know, if you're interested, this is a fantastic career for you and we can get you that head start. I love it. I want to go back to one thing you said too, the buy-in from the companies in the field. So many neighborhood kids that are looking for something typically wander into the firehouse, you Mm -hmm. know, whether they got a bad home experience, they have uh, absent parents or any other issues coupled with, you know, problems or, or just, you know, all of that. Right. Or you have kids that are just enamored by that red truck, you know, pulling out with the lights and sirens and, and the, in the expectation of going to help their neighbor and, and kids are always looking for something. And the kids that show up at firehouses typically are looking for attention. They need something. And I think it's incredible that you have a program in place where your field companies have a kid from the neighborhood wander in and says, you know, uh, you know, hey, I like it here. You guys are great or whatever. And then you have a program that they can push them to and say, listen, if you really like what we're doing here, our department offers X, Y, and Z because so many departments don't have programs like that. And so those kids just end up hanging around the firehouse, right? And those guys right. kind of take them under their wing, but they can't promote the job through them because the kids don't have the opportunity to learn anything other than what the guys are willing to teach them on the apparatus floor. Right. For you guys in Virginia Beach to have this cadet program, those kids that wander into that firehouse can then be steered to you and your program at the training academy, and they can really find direction. And I love finding those kids that are looking for something more, and we, the fire department, have the ability to give it to them. The cool thing, too, that they they have kind of led, and I, I told them this last year at the end of the banquet, they have kind of made it what it is. I just kind of am the resource and can facilitate it. But the group themselves, like when someone new comes in and they just share that same common love for fire Mm. or being like being part of a team. Right. And they just absorb that person. I think the, like the social aspect of it is pretty cool where now they're like hanging out after meetings, going to get pizza and all this stuff. So they would have never met and they're, they're able to, and then the team aspect, like the teamwork and as far as PT and working together, it's pretty cool where one, that one kid, if they kept going to the fire station, they wouldn't get that. That's right. And and I think that that speaks volumes to the program because these are impressionable minds, 14 to 18. These are high school kids. And a lot of them could shut off, go to their, go to their home, close their bedroom door and stay in their room. And these kids are getting out of there and they're going to find their peers and their peers, I'm sure, is just such a mix between, you know, everyone. Right. It's a melting pot, if you will. Right. Absolutely. It's funny because mm -hmm, the diversity and inclusion committee, they're they're looking for places to do recruitment and all that stuff. And I haven't specified, but I have a very diverse group Mm. and I'm like, Hey, come check this out. This is, I'm not saying it's the only way, but this is definitely working and it's getting the people that want to be firefighters, right. Or want to be in some kind of fire service. And, um, that's, that's, that's what we're looking for too. Yeah. So at the training Academy, right. So this program was, um, 
it had started prior to you, right? So you're the mm-hmm. facilitator now, but it, it's been there. So the fire department itself, the city, the fire department, they had to have buy-in at some point to launch a program like this, right? Because there's, logistically speaking, there's a lot to it, right? I mean, you guys are providing a lot of opportunity, equipment, time, right? And then not only that, but you have to look at, you know, allowing the hands-on and things like that. So there's a commitment here from the city and from the fire department, right? Do you do you find that, you know, there's just this unwavering support that says, like, this is a worthwhile project and we need to keep going? Um, yes, obviously, that's said. And, yes, um, I get it. Uh, as far as showing up and, and it's a lot of work on my part to, like, beg, borrow, and steal, I yeah, feel like. I'm sure. And so I'm going to be here in training. I'm going to do my unsaid my obligatory three years but i'm already thinking all right who is going to take my position and still run with it because you have to definitely facilitate if if that's not a term i mean we have unlimited things here at the training center or maybe i just have a good imagination but um i have support as far as whatever you need will get you but you need to let us know what you need and you need to ask these people and and i kind of like handpick certain crews too sure. right sure so um and i keep thinking if i get a couple targeted they're going to say hey we want to come out and help you more often right but uh staffing is crazy so as far as maybe somebody wanting to come in and do something like this on their day off yeah eh, you know but yeah i get it well how did you find your way there i mean so you found your way to the training division right i mean you were master firefighter and paramedic you're now assigned mm-hmm. to the training division. You just said three years. So is that something that is something that is required? It's a three-year stint in that position? It's not required. Um, it's kind of like, oh, if you do three years, you get a ribbon kind of thing. Got you it. Know? Mm-hmm. So. Okay. But you had, I mean, obviously then you've had some appeal. You know, the training aspect of the job has some appeal to you. Well, it's funny because, yes, I knew I was going to go to training at some point. But I was kind of... <laughs> Oh, that chief of mine, he's crafty. He shows up at the station one day at dinner time and asks me personally to come to training in front of everybody else. Oh, boy. And I was like, yeah. uh, it was very sweet. It was very like, wow, he thinks a lot of me. He's like, we want you. Yeah. And um, I was like, let me think about it. I'm not saying yes and not saying no, because, you know, going to a 40 hour work week off of shift work is, is different. Yes. And um, I thought about it and. And I knew I wanted to come to training at some point, but to be honest, the thought about like teaching a recruit academy sounds not good. Yeah. But the incumbent side, mm-hmm. which was eye-opening to me, is amazing. I'm out here building props. I'm out here um, d- doing all kinds of stuff, working with other cities. And okay, that part's really fun, you know? And then the cadets, I thought, what am I getting myself into? But it has been so rewarding. Was that and your choice? Like, did you with the cadets? No, I no. think it was part. It was. It was like snuck in with my job description when they got me in here. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh okay. I see yeah, read the fi- read the fine print. Right, <laughs> all of a sudden here, this is yours too. <laughs> like I said, that's when I found out. I'm like, oh, this is a thing that goes on forever. Yeah. Okay. Oh okay. man. But it was good. Yeah, oh, that's fun. I mean, but so let me ask you then. I mean, you know how how long have you been working with the cadet program now? Uh, so two years, two years. And so within two years, I'm sure you've seen an upward climb, right? And so enrollments up, the excitement's up. Yeah, I started out with eight people and it was the same, it was like the same group from like the year before. Right. And, 
kind of a fun thing I did to try to find out value and what I could do early on is I did a survey mm-hmm. to all of the graduated um they were explorers at the time right. to see, hey, did what helped you? What didn't help you? And I tried to, like, I basically had their names and some information, but you know how kids don't keep the same emails or whatever? Sure. So, like, Facebook stalked them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I was wow. like, would you be willing to do this survey for me just to see what I, like, was it worth it? What could I do differently? Sure. You know, just to make me feel like, I'm being effective. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, I always want to like, you know, make the best out of something. And yeah, if it makes it's not sense. working, we're going to do something else. Yeah. And that was cool. Um, my, my chief, the new chief that came in, he was a numbers guy anyway. So they love data. So he's like, Oh, I like that. And I think there was a time where everyone was doing a survey. So it just kind of like fell into the right place. And, um, I got a lot of good information on that. Like but what? A bring lot it, of them were the, firefighters yeah. mm-hmm. in other cities. I'm like, what are we doing wrong there? Ah. There's there's definitely something there. Why didn't you come here? And it was just basically first come, first serve. And then other people went off to the military, which is fine. And yeah. other went to school, mm-hmm. which is fine. But what what path are you on? So I have one that got like a scholarship. I'm like, you go do that. Yeah, go for sure. Do your scholarship. If you still want to be a firefighter when you get out, come see me. But then another one is going to do a business degree. I'm like, we do tuition reimbursement for the city. Mm -hmm. So why don't you just get hired? And then once you get off probation, you can do hybrid classes or something and get paid to go to school and get your school paid for, you know, if Mm -hmm. you're just trying to get a degree. So that's like the, the, informal guidance counselor in me. I'm like, let's just oh, I love that in. though. I love it. So that survey though, right, that you put out and you Facebook mm-hmm. stalked these kids and <laughs> you find that a lot of them went to work for other cities first come first serve type thing, right? So yeah. but looking at that, you're you're realizing that, okay, we we need to benefit from our own program and you're not, right? Right. right. What was the feedback for like what was the underlying conversations within the survey that the the program set them up for a desire to continue into the fire service or emergency services? Did it give them like, I'm just curious what the response was. Yeah. They all said that it definitely helped them further their career in the fire service Mm. and uh, they would do it again. It was, it was a lot of positive information. So that helped me feel like, okay, I'm not just spinning my wheels. Cause my whole thing that I tell these kids is like, Hey, this isn't parks and rec. You, or this isn't school. You don't have to be here. I don't have to be That's with right. you. That's you have right. to want to be here. You have to want to put in the work. And um, yeah, that's a little bit of an eye opener for them when I tell them that. Like, but it's a first, real conversation, and I think real. they're so owed real. that, and you're owed that, right? Because that's yeah. how this works. There has to be, you know, just like the fire department, right? You're setting them up for success. You're doing mm-hmm. now. You're talking about doing an interview panel. You're talking about uh, proficiency testing. They have to be on their game. There's PT involved. Like this is really good because you're setting a structure of discipline. But the other. The other side of the coin, too, is in the fire service, we need transparency and we need honesty with one another. And right. so for you to lay that out to them, I think, sets the tone for them to understand, like, OK, this is a little bit different. This isn't school, you know, or this isn't that or isn't this. This is a institution that, like, I want to be a part of and and they want us to buy in and they're going to buy into us. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so fun when you can see when. So I, I let them 
it's their choice, right? And then when they're having a blast, getting dirty or wet, you sure. know, from the fire hose or something, and out here working their butt off, but it's because that's what they want to do. That's the people. That's the people we need in the fire service, right? Yeah. And it's just so. So you break down that survey. You get your your information back from the graduates, and then you say, mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to take this information and we're going to, we're going to run with this because this, I see merit in this program. I think there's a lot here. What was your then next approach? I mean, why have the numbers grown? I know you're talking about word of mouth, but like the program, I think you had to look at that and say like, what can I do to push this forward? Right? Like can oh, we yeah. get it more people more excited about it. Can we grow it? Cause I'll tell you this, as you grow it and the numbers keep climbing, I mean, it's unway. You're going to get more and more support, and you're going to get more and more buy-in. And then, if you can turn these cadets into Virginia Beach Fire Department personnel, you know, and uh, firefighters and paramedics, I mean, man, you're you're starting their career so much earlier than the average department will get out of their people. That the buy-in from them is already there even before the probie academy starts. Yeah, and so to me, I, I'm even honest with them from the aspect like, listen. Not all of you are, are guaranteed to be firefighters. Right. Not all of you are guaranteed to be hired by Virginia Beach Fire Department. But I want to give them something, some kind of employable skill, skill when they graduate and they leave this program. And so one of the things, because I don't really, first of all, we don't have the time or the manpower to put them through a firefighter one and two, any of that. But uh, I did have one cadet. He really kind of showed me the way. He went out and he went to a, a local college here and got his EMT. Nice. Right. I was like, well, Mm -hmm. that's cool. How how much, how much did you pay for that? And I talked to my chief about it and he's like, what did we put him through that? And I said, wait, can I do that? Is that a thing? So, Mm -hmm. uh, we, we are partnered with Virginia beach EMS, right? But we're two separate agencies and they run congruent, um, BLS academies. They just continuous all the time. And I said, can I, I talked to one of their, uh, instructors there and I said, Hey, could I sponsor five cadets to go through your program? Maybe they're 17, 18 year. Yeah. And um, let them go with an employable skill. Like, yeah. So we're working on that now because their age limit was 18, but I think they're pushing it back to 16. So yeah. I'm like, I'm not even saying 16. I don't, I'm not even saying my 16 year olds are ready, but maybe the 17 year olds, we get yeah. in that program. So when they, they go out, they at least have their ENT. Yeah, and so, not only and, that, but if it's a separate agency, well, then you know maybe there's a potential that they're they're gonna have future employment there too, right? Yeah, they're, I yeah. mean it's the same type of uh, it's the same blueprint, right? And so for that, um, oh, I was gonna say anyway. Oh, so they get their EMT. So if they do make it into the Virginia Beach Fire Department, that first four or five months is an accelerated EMT where they have to get. Uh, you know, 80% or greater. Right. And on top of that, trying to get settled into the academy mentally and doing really hard, strenuous PT. Sure. So if they already have it, that's one less thing they have to worry about in that first, yeah. you know, part of their academy. Yeah. So it, it makes that a little bit easier in itself. So this episode's brought to you by Fast Rescue Solutions. Fast Rescue Solutions was created with the mission to develop products and training that surpass currently accepted industry standards and that meet the operational challenges of the real world. Their vision is, always has been, and always will be to revolutionize rescue and save lives, fulfilling both the mission and the vision 
The Fastboard is a disruptive technology in rescue. Invented by 28-year Philadelphia firefighter Eric Allen with over 20 years in the Philadelphia Fire Department Special Operations Command. He is a game changer. His crew is game changing victim in firefighter rescue and survival. The national average time for rescuing a downed firefighter is 15 to 20 minutes using five or more people. The fast board has the ability to reduce that time to five minutes or less using only two or three members. That is 500 times faster than the national average. Originally designed to get down firefighters out of a basement, the fast board has been proven effective in nearly every rescue scenario. RIT can find space, trench, ice, and water rescue, hazmat, mass casualty, and the list goes on and on. Its simplicity and versatility make it a game changer. For a virtual demo or more information, visit their website at www.fastrescuesolutions.com and tell the crew you heard about them on the National Fire Radio channel. Eric and his crew at Fast Rescue Solutions have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. Check them out. Well, something that was else. my thought process. I love it. And it's something else you said, too, which I think is uh, super admirable. And, and I, you said an employable skill, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking, I'm writing down some notes like I do when I do these interviews and, and conversations. And I'm putting here that these kids are also, whether they go into the emergency services or not, a program like this gives kids better life skills. They make them better, better contributing members to society, which is what we need now more than ever. I do a whole little lecture part usually. So we have a code of conduct and I tell them all now coming through, I'm like, save a copy because I can tell you right now, something's going to come up and we're going to have to revisit this as a group. Sure. So um, I said, but there's this whole spiel like Virginia beach. We have our, our core values, caring, honesty, integrity, and trust that carries over into them because they're directly related to the fire department. But who are you in the public? So then I go into this little social media spiel. I'm like, how does the public see you? Because we're called upon very often to help with like community events and because we're the little little workforces, right? They're, they'll volunteer to do anything. Yeah. We helped out, um, I had them sign up and we all helped out with the Special Olympics last year. Like whatever comes up, they're the first ones to volunteer and do it. But who are you, you know, when you're out there in the public? Because they're gonna look at you as a fire cadet and you're gonna get that same trust that a firefighter gets. That's right. So you're wearing the same uniform, right? I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's, Similar, you know, yeah. well, yeah, but you're representing, <laughs> right. Sure. You're representing the same name, you know? And so it's important that they understand the, the, uh, the gravity of that, right? It's that, that you are now representing our city, our department, mm-hmm. our people. And if you're going to do that, you're expected to do that in a, in a proficient and professional way. But that's where I think, like, that's what I love about programs like this is it's it gives kids a foundation for which they're probably looking for something. And if it comes down to social skills, the ability to network, the ability to, um, you know, be more open minded or learn how to problem solve in a group or I mean, it's all these skills. It's not just firefighting or it's not just emergency medical technician. It's it's everything else that accompanies a program like this. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it's funny how some you can tell it's it's fire for them. And then there's these other ones that come through. And I'm like, what's that? What is it that they're looking for? Yeah. What is their angle? How can I draw them out? And uh, 
quickly you'd start to see them transition to okay so we've done a little bit of research on fire or or things like that so as far as we really don't have a lot of time and i really do want them to get the practical hands-on evolution stuff because that's going to help them in an academy so i've started like today because our meeting is next week and last meeting putting out little youtube videos you know what i mean firefighter I training it. youtube videos i love it Re review this and be prepared to to do it or to talk about it or to answer questions about it at the next meeting well so they learned last month quickly that not all of them did and so i did pt based on that review i said this pt can be as easy or as difficult as you make it and so when i asked the question if they didn't get it they had to run a lap. <laughs> so nice. it was like, okay, it. now we get it. We better review everything. But it was really cute because not the ones that did, she's like, I even made um a quizlet on it. It was it was so funny. I was like, she took it so seriously. Like, mm. But the other ones were like, Oh, we we didn't even look at it. And so now I'm sure I just found out today they're all looking at those videos and everything now. I love but, that. I it's just such a it's such an exciting opportunity. And I'm I'm just curious, like for you, I does your has your excitement grown with it as well? Like as you watch the success of the program and as these kids are really getting more immersed into it and really finding this like unwavering love for the emergency services and the in your program, does that fire you up even more to want to do more? Of course. I mean, it's infectious to see it. It's like, man, I, I didn't have that desire at their age and you know whatever I can do to nurture it but yeah it's exciting it's like who would have thought because I joke because I don't have any children of my own I have mm -hmm. some two two stepchildren that are right. adults but I, I never experienced this age group right. really and yep. it's like how is it that I don't have any kids and now I have 30 some and you're all adorable <laughs> in your own way yeah. and then I can still yell at them and make them PT so it's, it's kind of cool that's fantastic but it's just such a such a great opportunity I mean truly and I, yeah. I gotta think it's super rewarding for you too and you know to be able to um watch and then for to watch these kids you know, gain success with it. And then, oh, they get hired or Virginia right. Beach hires them or they get hired in another city or they pursue a, a similar profession or they go into the military. And it's because of the foundation for which they were they learned against. That's yeah. exciting. Let me ask you this. What's going to happen when you're ready to move on? Uh, so I will be back on a fire truck. No, yeah. no <laughs> it'll I, be fine. I really I really do want to put a lot of obviously a, a lot of uh effort into finding the perfect person for me to take over. Um, and I know that that person's out there, but uh, I definitely got to get my butt back on fire truck can be, at some point. I, 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 I get so that. Much. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I get that. But I wonder, I wonder how many people would be willing to step up and take a program like that. Cause I, I just wonder, it's a lot of work. And it's a lot of work. And it's yes. not just the physical aspect, but it's also the mental aspect. You have to buy into these kids. And these are kids. They come with every type of potential situation possible. These kids probably have it. And they look at you not just as an instructor or a friend, but as like a parent, too, in a way. Right. And so that's got to be taxing on you as well. I can only imagine. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. So right now we're on the cusp. We just opened our application process and mm -hmm. I have, um, I think, five or six that are in the process. And so uh, I've already for months out been preparing them for this. This, And then there's obviously the each steps of it. And I'm like right there with them. I'm like sending them texts. I'm like, have you, you know, 
Are you all done with your questionnaire? Do you want to do a mock interview? You want to take a practice test? All this stuff. And uh, like I said, once this works itself through and I see who gets hired, that's going to be like a, a whole nother level. Yeah. Because right? this will be the first time I get to experience it. But it is a lot. It's a lot. And I would think like for a parent, right, that has children living in their home, it would be more natural. For me, it's like, Maybe it makes it better because I do have that like disconnect where you're a kid, but you're not my kid. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's still... something there's something to be said for that, right? So like my yeah. my brother and sister in law, they don't have any children, but they're like the most incredible aunts and uncles you could possibly want, right? And yeah, and like, but with that though, there's this like different relationship than if they were a parent to the children. And so, mm -hmm. you know, there is something to that. I'm sure there is. And I, I think that, you know, the fact too is that they respect, I think they probably respect that the relationship you have with these kids, it's it's certainly back and forth between both of you and, and everybody gets what they need out of it. And and you push them, but they push you. And I, I love that back and forth. Um, yeah. That's a lot of fun. So what's next for the program? I mean, these kids come in, you see them twice a month. I'm sure you're in constant communication with them, though. So you don't get a tremendous amount of FaceTime with them, right? I mean, it's right. twice a month. Do they, they get to go out into the field? Do they get to, um, you know, do they get to go to the companies at all? Do they get to see fire grounds or, or uh, anything like that? Like, how does, how does it work? So I think we're still transitioning a little bit from COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously with COVID, it was not going into any fire stations. But so last last year, the end of last year, I, we took them out on the fire boat, you know. So nice. I'm, I'm working my way into getting them there. But it is like herding cats. <laughs> yeah, 100%. As far as logistics, a, a lot of them drive. Some of them get dropped off. And so I, I have to keep in, in mind like parking and things like that. But they have been to fire stations in the past. And next month. For those of them that are listening, we are going off site, so cool. it'll be exciting. There but, you go. Yeah, so it's it has to be within like a, a certain sure realm, I guess. But uh, fire scenes, uh, a lot of them squirrel them, and if if they're a big one, like there was a big second alarm fire, uh, apartment fire, and it, I found out from our safety officer that two of them were were there in the parking lot watching. <laughs> Because they have the little scanner apps and stuff <laughs> like course. that. Of course. Of so. course. But how how would they not? Like, you know right. what I mean? I like, know. they are so bought in. And, and it's just, yeah. it's a program that inherently is making them excited about it. I mean, yeah. man, we want to embrace that. I mean, that that's yeah. the best thing that any fire department can do is embrace the, the youth that is excitable about it and really double down on them because, man, the return we could potentially get from them is overwhelming. And now, more than ever on a job where we're looking for good people, people that right. want to be there for the right reasons, you know, we want that more than ever. So programs like this certainly breed that, I think. So talk to me a little bit about yourself. I mean, you found yourself, uh, you know, you were asked to go to the training department and then you get there, the division, and then you get there. Then you find out you got to take care of these, you know, the cadet program that kind of falls on you too. And so on, you're talking about, you want to get back to the truck. You want to get back to shift work. I mean, I understand all that for sure. What is it for you? I mean, do you, there's gotta be something that you're getting out of this that is making you you know, either feel good about, you know, the process, the kids. I mean, what, what is it for you? What's, what's your takeaway on all this? Well, for me, 
whatever I do, I want it to be efficient and good, mm. things like that, right? And um, because nothing was set in stone and I kind of was recreating it as I was going yeah. and feeling off of them, right? What what would help them the best? What are their needs? That's kind of the way I think and the way I operate. Uh, but I was just, you know, paying attention to what's going on. So for me, obviously, I want to do good at my job. Mm -hmm. And they kind of directed me in the way that I could do that. Sure. Um, but I don't, I guess, I don't know. Uh, to me, it doesn't seem like anything anyone else wouldn't do, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you're, I think you're a little bit special. I think that, uh, you know, for, and that's why I asked you about who's going to take it over because I think it takes somebody special. And I, I, you know, whether, whether you found it by accident or something drove you there, you know, the fact that you were willing to put the time in to make sure that you do it right, that speaks volumes. And, and you know, in, a, in, in where you're influencing people, I mean, that's what matters. You know, that, that kid that introduced us at the Virginia Beach show, he knew me because of my podcast and because of social media. And, you know, in a way, we influence that way, right? And so it's important for us that we put forth a positive message and a message about that the job is good and this is what we expect of you and all these things, right, that are super important to set him up for success. We carry that obligation as National Fire Radio to do that. You're very much the same way. You're influencing too. And you're setting those boundaries and those rules and those expectations, and so you're influential as well. And so that kid, as much as he looked at me and said, oh, my gosh, like you're, you know, you're Jeremy and oh, I follow National Fire Radio. He's doing the same for you. He was excited to make the introduction between you and I because I think he sees the same respect and value he has for me, for you. It's the same. I love that. I love it. I think you are very special in what you do. Um, I think you influence a lot more than you, you probably know. And you're probably instrumental in a lot of what these kids uh, believe in, and and you give them a lot of uh, a lot of purpose and 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 just all of those things, Chris. I, I think it's very powerful, and I think you should recognize that um, that you are making a difference, whether it's your job or or the passion that you have or whatever it is, the mixture of it. It certainly is influential, and um, you should be very proud of what you're doing because we need more people pushing kids forward to enjoy the fire service and, and being in the emergency medical service. We need more people promoting this job. So well done. It I'm is funny. Thank, thank you. That, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, it is funny that you say that though, because there are so many other little groups like, Oh, mentoring or, Oh, we're doing this recruitment or we're doing all this stuff. And it, um, it doesn't really seem to succeed. Right. right? And I'm like, Hey, come check out what this is yes. because I feel like that's meeting all of your needs even like I said, even the diversity and inclusion, like, hey, y'all come here and just check this out because I think this is what we're all trying to do. But um, I, it has to be a, a lot. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of it is organic, right? The people uh -huh. that, run, you know, we talk about um, inclusion and diversity in, in hiring practices, whether career, volunteer, fire departments, whatever. We want our departments to represent the community in which we serve, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of different ways that departments are trying to find ways to diversify the ranks or, you know, educate different uh, communities about the, the hiring opportunities or what a great job it is. But it's not done organically. It's almost forced. And I think when mm -hmm. you try to force things like that, it just doesn't work. And that's, yeah. you know, like... 
any, <laughs> I love it because we were talking about it before. And what I love about this conversation is like any recruiting effort should come talk to you because <laughs> like your, your recruiting works. You went from eight to 30 something members, right? Of your, of your yeah. group. And you have every, you know, male, female, different religions and races. Like it doesn't matter. It's just inclusion and diversity because you have a program that works in somehow, some way the word has gotten out about why kids want to be there. Recruitment efforts should come talk to you in the cadet program because the organic growth that you're having is because of the success that you're giving these kids. And, uh, and that's how I think we include, we get, you know, diversity and inclusion within our ranks. And, right. uh, and I think that that's a, a very important message. And I think that, you know, ultimately that is what you're doing there. And I, such a valuable lesson for these kids to be a part of something like that. Well, cool. The cool thing too, is that I remind them you are here because you want to be here. Yes. Right? So nobody went to your house and asked you to come and be a part of this. Like you want to be here. And then that's where you get the hard work, right? And because they want to be there so bad. And when I say, hey, if you don't do it, you can't be a part of this program. They're like, oh, okay, sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best, you know? Yeah. Well, so. they, they want to be there. And by them participating and showing you, they want to be there you want them there, right? Yeah. I, we oh, talk yeah. about, we talk about buy-in a lot. The fire service always thinks that, you know, the individual has to buy in a hundred percent. We need our people to be bought in. And then so often our fire departments let us down, mm -hmm. right? So we want our people to buy in a hundred percent, but the fire department doesn't buy into our people because, well, oh, because of this or because of that, right? But we still expect you, the firefighter to be in a hundred percent, but you you know, we can't support you as the fire department 100% of the time. And that's that messed up value proposition that's always skewed. And so, you know, when you look at programs like yours, you know, kids want to be there. And if they want to be there, they're going to meet the requirements. They meet that requirement and they want to be there. And you show them that they need to be there. Man, the department can buy back into that. And you, before you know it, you have an equation for success. And yeah. I, I just think that's what you're doing there. It's fantastic. So what's next? What's new? What's exciting? You got any, um, any, you know, grandioso plans that you could talk about? Or is it just the continuing? I really like how you're building out the process because it's mm -hmm. very representative of the job today. And so the interview process, I think, is fantastic. I think kids now more than ever need to be able to communicate and mm -hmm. putting, them in, putting them in the hot seat like that. I, I, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. But you know, my favorite thing about it is, so when I get somebody saying, hey, I'm interested in the program, I send them a pre-application questionnaire. Why do you want to be in this program? Right. Because right? I just want to know a little bit about you. Those are the same questions I ask on the interview. So they've seen them before, but I love to compare them. Like the one is typed out or, or whatever, handwritten, and it's like paragraphs. And then when it comes time for their interview, it's like, uh, I want to help people or, uh, you yeah. know, so it's yeah. like, so I want them to identify that too, you know, so I, I'm not nice in the interview. I'm like your typical, nice to meet you. These are your questions. I have a three people. Sometimes I have a chief or a captain on the panel, I you know, love it. they're like, uh, but it's so good. I feel like that's when you get the sense of this program. But for me, for like my hope, I, I'd love to see my five, five or six get hired, right. And get yeah. into a recruit Academy. And right. then it's like no pressure because my name's on them. So the recruit instructors are going to be like, 
Yeah, us three, would you bring us? Yeah, I love it. But. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Do you have any kids in the last two years get on the job yet since you've been in this program? So I didn't, but the year before I came in, one did, and he's he's a firefighter now. So that's awesome. There is hope. Like it could happen, but um, I'm going to set him up to, to succeed, you know, whatever I need to do. But well, the I one, um, Sherry sent me a picture. Like she went ahead and got her CPAT, which is our, um, our physical assessment. Yeah, right. And uh, she already sent me her card. She already got her CPAT. I was like, yay. So, that's exciting. I mean, but so that's, that's validation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody likes validation, but for all the hard work that you're putting into this program and the hard work that these kids are putting in, and then you're following up and making sure that you're doing your part to make sure you support them, right? That's got to be super validating for you, though. And I really hope that down the road when you get back into the firehouse and you're back on shift and you're riding the, you know, you're riding the engine of the truck and you come across a couple kids down the road that maybe came through your program and have had the ability and the, the fortunate opportunity to get hired in the same city that they were a cadet in. That's got to be super gratifying for you. I'm, I really hope that happens for you. I really do. Yeah. Because that's the validation for which this is all about. I mean, not that you need it, but man, does that feel good. Yeah, I, that that would be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, what else? Is there anything else we missed? Is there anything else that we didn't capture about the program? I mean, if kids are interested, I mean, what's fun is your kids are going to listen to this, right? So we're going to, right? you know, and so I think that's exciting. Because, you know, to be able to shine a spotlight on a program like this where you have a great bunch of kids that are really into the emergency services and it's a program that Virginia Beach offers these kids, what a great opportunity. And now they're going to be able to sit here, listen to a podcast of their instructor on here talking about the program. If, you know, we do our part then as National Fire Radio on on the national level is if we can shine a light on these kids, I mean, that's just like, I just want them to know if they're listening to this or when they do listen to this, that, you know, all that hard work they're putting in matters and it's being recognized. And we need more people like that in the fire service. Definitely. Definitely. And hopefully maybe a chief or mine hears, hears this and they'll yeah. say, you know what? Our team might need some more support. Uh, you <laughs> know, someone in the field's like, hey, you know what? Maybe I can come out for a meeting night. You know, Chris, that <laughs> that's a very good point, right? And influence is is a powerful thing. And for us to be able to to tell this story you know, we might be able to get people to talk about it somewhere else in the country, and maybe they start a program because they heard something like this, right? Or yeah. maybe there is a chief officer or a company captain or or a guy that, you know, wishes their company was a little more active, and maybe this is a great way where they can, you know, mentor a couple of these kids, right? Or or give the program a boost or, or more equipment or funding or whatever it takes. But, like, the buy-in is there, and I think that we have to recognize that. And the most important thing is – How we better our departments organically is buy in early on. And if you can get 14 to 18 year olds to fall in love with the Virginia Beach Fire Department and there's a possibility for them to get hired down the road because the program set them up for success, you know what you're getting. How would any city or department not want to do that? You know, I see it the, the junior, senior year some kids they're driven they're busy they're playing sports they're doing doing all these things so keeping them engaged and keeping them interested um and like i get it you're gonna maybe miss a meeting if you have practice or something but um keeping keeping their attention and keeping them interested and keeping them out of trouble right that's it you know like, like we said a lot of these kids were searching for it 
They yeah. came to the neighborhood firehouse because they were looking for something that maybe their home wasn't giving them something. Maybe school's not giving them something. Maybe they're struggling with something in their life. And the firehouse is one of those places that just accepts everyone. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if we can give those kids purpose or reason or they, it's an outlet for them to spend time because it's better than anywhere else they could be and we give them that opportunity, man, that's powerful. That's powerful. And those kids then 100% believe in the institution of the fire service because it's going to help them in life. It's mm-hmm. a win, man. That, that doesn't, it doesn't get any better than that. I love it. So, Chris, uh, wrapping up, let's talk about this. Where can people find out more about this program? I know it's online. Um, I know there's some information out there online. I know I see there's an email address here, vbfdcadets at vbgov.com. Is that still a good email for the program? Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, virginiabeach.gov, there's a volunteers vol- opportunity to volunteer um, uh, tab or a button, I guess. Yeah, so, no worries. Okay. okay. VirginiaBeach.gov. Yeah, City of Virginia Beach, and then the Fire Department tab, and then you can uh, get involved. I think there's a tab that says get involved, and then that's get where involved. volunteer opportunities and so on. So I'm just cruising through now looking at it. But what a great program. I am very happy that you and I were introduced to one another by one of your uh, cadets, and uh, I'm grateful for that. And I look forward to, um, you know, doing more with you, Chris, and, and maybe the program. And if we can ever help in any way, uh, man, I would be I, – I love talking to kids. And I love young people that are passionate about the fire service because if we can just help them along and let them really fall in love with the process and fall in love with the fire service, we're going to win. That's how we make this job – you know, push this job forward and make it better. So if I can ever help you with anything, please let me know. Uh, I'd be happy to do that. And please thank that cadet that introduced us um, because I truly appreciate the relationship and, uh, you know, and talking with you today. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Yeah, it's cool. So good luck with the program. I wish you a lot of success and uh, I can't wait to hear some more success stories come out of there and uh, stay in touch. Let me know how you're making out. And, um, you know, like I said, whatever we can do for you, please don't be afraid to reach out. But uh, thanks for your story I'll hold you today. To that. Yeah, you know what? That's okay. I hope you do because you, you know what? It, truth be told, you held me to this interview because I never followed up with the email. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so I really hope you do. Um, and whatever we can do to help push this program forward and, and those kids, man, it's all about those kids. So, Chris, great job. Thank you very much for joining me today in the podcast. I truly appreciate everything that uh, you shared with us today. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks. Cool. Stay right here. I'm just going to sign off the podcast and I'm going to come right back to you. Okay. Okay. Great. Everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the national fire radio podcast. Another great episode. Chris Ussery out of the Virginia beach fire department, master firefighter and paramedic assigned to the training division. And she is responsible for the fire cadet program there in Virginia beach. And that's what this is all about today is pushing those young kids forward, letting them fall in love with the process and the job. Because if we start them young, we will have great firefighters and paramedics as we move forward in throughout our careers. So that's what we want to do. Harness the young and push them forward. Chris, thank you very much for joining me. And guys, take this conversation and take it back to the firehouse. Because when we talk about the job, we make the job better. Thank you for tuning in. We'll put the links uh, for the program and how you can get a hold of the pro- uh, Chris at, at, with the program, Virginia Beach and all that. We'll put that in the links Uh, in the narrative. And thank you for tuning in and we'll see you at the next one. We'll see you later. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. 
Animal Fire Radio.